nothing wrong with your mobile device or computer set. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. For the next hour, sit quietly. We will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your listening device. You're about to participate in a great adventure. You're about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. For this is The Comics Pals. Bum, bum, bum! And today we're going to talk about the second season of Netflix's Jessica Jones. Joining me... Uh, uh, <laughs> joining me, your host, Popcorn Phil Casey, is a very talented media journalist, Peter J. and Bessie. Hey, what's going on? I, I, I like, is this, is this, are you practicing? Is this what you do at work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is exactly what I do with the fuck ups and all. Yeah, I've, uh, I've never been on a show that you've hosted before, so. I know. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Um, there is no Sean, Marco, or Kale, or any of our extraneous pals over at the video game pals or where have you. It is just Pete and I. And they don't even get name dropped. They're just the extraneous pals. Relationship. What, were you, what were you saying? <laughs> oh, God. We're... You cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you've never done that before. I don't know what you're talking about. This is already going super well. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, for all the for all the Bugs Bunny esque antics that you've pulled on me over our seventy some odd episodes over on the Comics Pals proper, it's a little bit of it, it, this is a chance for me to give you a taste of your own medicine. Go for it. You can try to derail me as you will. It will not work. However, if you do interrupt me, it is going to get very frustrating. So yeah, that's just us. Uh, today we're going to discuss the themes, the characters, the visuals, what we liked and what we disliked, and how it compares to the first season of Jessica Jones in this post-Defenders world. Pete, on the abstract, how did you like season two of Jessica Jones? Uh, season two was a bit of a mixed bag for me, if I'm being honest. Um, I... Uh, it, there are definitely some some high points. I think there are some things worth um, worth praising, but uh, I have to say it, it was a bit of a slog to get through for me. I found uh, I found this this season to be, you know, Jessica Jones season one was was dark, but I I I found this season to be um, outright depressing. At a lot of points, and and it could just be, you know, uh, where I'm at in my life personally that I, I, this kind of story just isn't necessarily what I needed right now. Um, but as much as I found um, things to enjoy, which I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about um, in the, in the spoiler full part of the the episode. But uh, yeah, this one. Did not land for me in the same way that season one did, and I think that is that is my biggest takeaway from it. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's bad. I wouldn't say that it's um, not worth your time, even. Uh, but I, I, the the first season of Jessica Jones is something that when I hear that people haven't watched it, I'm very much like you. You should really watch it. You should give it a shot. You know, I think there's a lot there for you. Um, this one, I'm, I'm far less motivated to go out and, and push people to, uh, to give it a shot. 
Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying in the sense of where your headspace is when you watch something like this. I uh, I remember when the second and third seasons of BoJack Horseman came out. It was a very similar thing. The show is very nihilistic and has a sort of negative themes and currents to it that if you're not in the right mindset, it, it, it's like it it only further enhances your bad place because it's too it's too moody in a negative way yeah yeah absolutely and uh, i think bojack is a good comparison for this um where it does a lot of things with trauma and pain and loss um well but like we were talking about this privately off mic um, earlier when we were kind of getting our thoughts together, and you made a comparison to Punisher, where Punisher is dark. Punisher is is uh, depressing at times, but there's um, – and I made the point that there's an undercurrent of optimism, you know, that there's hope. You hope for a brighter future for Frank. You root for David to get his life back and to be able to, uh, to get his family back, and um, they're just – doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel for Jessica, you know? And like, even, even, um, though the, the, the season ends, um, in a, a fairly positive moment, uh, I don't feel as though her character is like seen, um, any real positive growth this season. I feel like she's just been forced to deal with more trauma. We'll, we'll get into that further when we actually get into the spoilers. As for me, I echo your criticisms and critiques. I found it really laborious to get into this, this season of the show. Um, it drags. And I'm not a person that typically complains about pace or, or there being too much of anything. Not typically, at least. Um, but I think the show can be really divided almost in half. It's like the first six episodes, give or take. It's it, not nothing worthwhile really happens as a collective whole. Whereas in the second half is you know we have the big reveal, and then it kind of gets going. But even then, it, that does it's far from perfect at that point. Um, all in all, yeah, I, thought, I I I think that's a really good point. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. F- finish your spoiler. Your spoiler free, and then we'll get into the meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, as a collective whole, I wasn't crazy about this season. I think there are things that you can take away as a positive. It's a show I really want to like, um, genuinely put. I wasn't super high in the first season either. I think the first season was a lot better than this season. Um, my, my main beefs with the first season are not dissimilar in that. I mean, well, you'll, you'll hear me compare the two when we get into it. But overall, um, I was kind of left just unmotivated to watch it. I only had I only watched it for the sake of our show. Um, did you, yeah. my last question before we really get into it is: uh, Did you feel much hype going into season two? Um, you know, I like I didn't, and and I don't, I can't quite place my finger on why. You know, I, um, I, cause I really liked Jessica Jones season one a lot. I think it's, I think it's, um, it was my second favorite 
Marvel show before Punisher. Listen back, you can hear that in our re- in our records. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we did a ranking episode. Um, that was a g- really good time. You should go check it out. Um, and then we kind of revisited it during our Punisher review. And uh, you know, I I like Jessica Jones quite a bit, and I was really excited for season two. But um, I think by the time I actually got to see it, I had my expectations lowered quite a bit. Um, there had been the advanced reviews that came out that were very lukewarm and, um, you know, I, uh, I think that definitely put me in, in the right headspace for where the season was at. I think a lot of the criticisms I've seen of it have felt, uh, I think pretty apt, you know, I, I think this, the show definitely, um, was longing for a sense of identity this season, uh, where it had a very clear, direct narrative for season one. Yeah, you know what? We might as well get right into it. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I didn't have much hype going into it, uh, and I didn't read any uh, reviews because I um, I just don't really do that for these things. I just like having my own kind of perspective for anything. Um, if there's enough hype for anything, I'll, I'll hear about it. Uh, like the movie sure. Annihilation, I heard nothing but great things. I had to go see it, Black Panther, etc. But I don't go out of my way to read reviews of anything. But well, uh, and I and I didn't I didn't even um, like go out of my way to read reviews. It was more like I saw headlines of like, oh, it's got this on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And it's like, oh, like the first ep- season was so critically acclaimed to see people being lukewarm about it, um, and then just anecdotal responses from people uh, not being favorable. Um, was surprising to me. Yeah, and then we watched it. Um, one thing you yeah. talk about here is how it feels like there's no real centralizing element. It, it feels unfocused, and I think that's very apt. I felt that throughout the entire series. There felt like there was kind of a theme toward the second half of the season, um, but for the most part, it was really meandering. Yeah, I don't I don't really feel like it had a lot to say, you know. Um, are, are we spoiler full now? Right? Yeah. Let's listeners, if you uh, yeah, if you want to tag out now, now is the time to do it. If you haven't watched the show, or if you have every intention to watch the show, you know, maybe you shouldn't listen beyond this point because uh, we are going to get into spoilers. Yeah. Now. So um, remember, uh, do the plugs, Phil. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna steal your show. Uh, so remember you can always find us on all social media at the comics pals whether it's facebook twitter or instagram make sure you follow us and or subscribe to us and comment on youtube at the comics pals there and make sure you rate and subscribe us on itunes or apple uh podcast whatever it's called now you got it uh so yeah and uh we're on soundcloud we're on all the platforms so like always find us but support us, share us. Yeah. So getting into getting right into the thick of it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, I think the the point you made that it's meandering is is apt. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, Luke Cage, but worse. In that, uh, I I feel like it it does feel like it's divided into two parts. But I don't, I don't feel like either of, I just don't feel like this season has anything to say. You know, I think the first season was about, um, 
exploring, you know, uh, trauma and and being a survivor of trauma and uh, and that guilt and you know, and also the whole vibe of Jessica Jones was fresh four yeah. years ago. You know, like um, it, it was the oh, like. She's a superhero, but she's a drunken PI, and it has this kind of classic Gnar vibe, and um, I it just feels like more of the same here, but yeah. not compelling, A, because it's not new, but more so just because it's not focused on anything. You know, like having um, the, the Purple Man uh, in season one, he was a really uh, good villain. And the the dynamic that they had was compelling because, I mean, again, it was something we hadn't seen before. And also, um, it gave a lot of, like, the stakes were high, right? Because yeah, yeah. she had emotional investment in, in him as a villain because of their trauma. He had, you know, he was playing a game with her that created drama and um and he was a really dangerous menacing force whereas i feel like her mother is like the primary antagonist of this season kind of but we don't really meet her until like halfway through and then we're like supposed to feel empathy for her and like it's just it it's so muddled of like who am I supposed to be rooting against, you know? And ultimately it's no one, you know? And then it's just kind of this like circle jerk of sadness, you know, of just let's put all these characters for the ring through the ringer. And, but why, to what end, to what purpose, you know, like they're all in a worse place at the end of the season than they were at the start. And considering where they start, that sucks. There, there is a moral greatness to all the characters in the show, and I understand they're trying to create realistic characters because most human beings occupy some space in the gray. But sure, that said, um, you walk away not really liking any of the characters for the most part. Um, I, I, I was very, uh, I, I very much bemoaned that to Pete throughout my watching of the show. And as I kind of thought back and reflected on it, I think there are, are some themes that they attempted, but because of the 13 episodes and how much it kind of meanders, I don't think it executes the themes well, but this is where I, this is what I took away from the show. The biggest theme of season two is addiction. Um, and the other big important thing is letting go of toxic relationships, especially family. Um, as much as Jessica's friendships with Malcolm and Trish were important and and had really nice aspects to them in their own way, they were getting really unhealthy. Trish no longer cared about helping Jessica as much as she wanted to be Jessica. That was the big thing with her boyfriend that she was getting engaged with. She's like, I didn't love him. I wanted to be him. And that's like her character is her is, is struggling with her insecurities. She resented Jessica for the powers that she had and always feeling like she needed Jessica to bail, out, bail her out of things. Malcolm was the same thing. He wasn't really trying to help Jessica so much as he was trying to rebuild his own life and recovering from his own addiction. He wanted to feel like he sure. wasn't the bad guy anymore and Jessica still treated him like shit and then her mom that's that's like the biggest problem of all 
Um, at this point, I mean, there was that one point when she's interacting with her mother and her mother chooses Carl over her. And it isn't until after Carl dies that she's like, well, shit, I have nothing to live for except for you, Jessica. And they basically talk about running away. So where we walk away from at the end of the season is Jessica has eliminated all these toxic relationships out of her life, Malcolm, Trish, her mother, and all she has is Oscar and Vito. And they represent a window of positivity as Jessica begins to try to move beyond the things that are weighing her down in her life because of all the trauma that she's accumulated. That's, that's what I think the show is trying to portray to us. And I think you're right to an extent, but I do want to give some pushback there because I, I don't think that's true of Malcolm. Um, I, I, I think that's I, what's trying to portray. I, I think you're right, but I think it's more that Malcolm pushed out Jessica because she was toxic. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, I, I just, I'm clarifying because I think the way you framed it is that all these relationships had become toxic to her. I think that's the one example of her being the toxic one of that Malcolm. You're right that Malcolm in a way was using her um, to try and uh, validate himself and, and better his own life. But I, I think you can't really argue that um, he was right. You know, he, he was there every day working for her and trying to um, help her be on the path that, you know, and granted, maybe he's projecting, right? But I, but I think the, the bottom line here is that Jess, Jess is supposed to be a superhero, right? And that's the impression we're given at the end of the episode, right? Is that right. the status quo for her is that she's returning to that life and that she can, that's what she's supposed to do. That's, that's like, right? Like the whole, they they even steal the great power, great responsibility right. line twice, right? Like right. that's that's what Marvel projects onto people with superpowers, right? Like, and not even just people with superpowers, right? Like Matt isn't really a superhuman, um, but and I, and I mean Daredevil, right? Just to clarify, <laughs> yeah, that um, was a very vague. Uh- now you gave toward him. Yeah, I know. You know, they're they're all in this universe, so I, I assume you know who I'm speaking about. But um, so I don't I don't think there's any ambiguity there, and I think um, so I think it's a little um, I don't think it's right to lump uh, Malcolm in there because ultimately what he was doing was sure he was using Jess to try and stay clean and and make a new life for himself, but you know, he was right that she did treat him poorly and that she didn't value his contributions. And when things went wrong, she dumped on him and she blamed him and she pushed him away. Like she pushes everyone away. And I think, um, that was more the purpose that I saw their dynamic, this relationship or this season serve, uh, was to show that, you know, sometimes when Jess pushes people away, they're really going to go. Yeah. And, I mean, to that point, it's it's still about letting go of a toxic relationship, and it ends up being to Malcolm's career benefit. Sure, yeah, right. Like he's he's moving on with his life now, and not um, you know being put in this position where he was constantly you know sitting and waiting or being manipulated. Right, exactly. since we kind of talked about the themes and to talk about the themes, we talked about the characters, we might as well move into talking about 
the characters. And I think the way to lead this topic off is by talking about what you said earlier and that it felt like the series didn't really have a centralized antagonist and how much that kind of was to the detriment of the show. I think there was like three different antagonists at play. Four, four really. There was obviously um, Jessica's mom. There was Carl. There was Steve. And then there was Trish. But they all kind of feel like half measures. Wait, who's Steve? He was the guy who was treating Hogarth. Oh, 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 um, which is Chang, right? Chang? No, no, Chang was the uh, PI. And that's, so wait, so who's? I guess oh. him too. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I remember now. Steve was the, the fake healer. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, Shane, 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 Shane. Shane was his name, right. And then yeah. Chang, yeah, so Chang is another one too. Like, it's all these minor antagonists. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I I really do think that is to the detriment of the show um, because you know I think you know it's it's a classic thing, man. But like a hero is only as good as their villain, and uh, and I I don't feel like Jess really has anyone to meaningfully play off. It's mostly her against herself or the people who are supposed to be supporting her, or you know, and that's that's hard. It's harsh. It is except. The one episode where we do get Kilgrave, you have a character that's able to play off Jess, or Jess is able to play off of. Yeah, and I and I think that speaks to the problem this season, right? Is who who's the most compelling character for her to fight against? It's a, a ghost of the first season, and that was uh, that was uh, the biggest critique of the first season is that the only this is not my opinion necessarily. It's just that a lot of people felt that the best part of the first season was the villain and without the villain what is there to say and this season i'm not saying is proving that right but it gives ammunition to people of that opinion yeah and i think that's i think that's true um because i don't i don't think it's that jessica jones isn't a compelling character without Kilgrave. i think it's just that they didn't do anything compelling with her right you know and and my one of my big issues with the second season, I was very frustrated with all the characters. I thought that everyone was pretty much like unlikable. Um, like every major character was unlikable. Because yeah, I'm interested in talking about that because I don't, I don't wholly agree. So I I reconciled with Jessica because I don't think she's unlikable. I think you appreciate that what she, she is what she is. I don't. I think a character like her needs someone positive to play off of, and I think that was something that worked well in the Defenders in a show where not a lot of things worked out. Is that she had to interact with characters who were a lot more uh, positive, or in the first season even with Luke Cage, he's a very right. positive disposition. You don't have that here. It's it's characters who bring her down, and that sucks. So Jessica Jones is not the problem with season two, character-wise, for me. Well, and I think, um, just to build off that, too, like, and I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this, I think even the characters that are uh, there to build her up, like, are not, like, they're dealing with their own bullshit in such a way that, like, it just adds drama and, and, and more tension. Yeah, yeah, and it gets exhausting after a while. A show can't be all that all the time, I don't think. Yeah, man, because I think, like, uh, just to, you know, to make a parallel, right? Like, again, to um, 
Punisher and Daredevil, right? Which are two characters that are similarly broody, moody, defined by trauma, not maybe, you know, Frank Castle definitely is, uh, Matt maybe to a lesser degree, but they have people who are positive um, that keep them grounded. Yeah, yeah. Karen Karen Page and Foggy Nelson are so important, I think, to the not just the TV show, but the comics too. For this Speci- character, specifically Foggy, I think in in the show because I think Karen is often a lot more a source of uh, tension, <laughs> drama. Yeah. yeah, right, and and not not for uh, worse, but you know, I think Foggy is definitely like a, an emotional core and a comic relief, and you don't have that with Jessica. You know, like uh, that would be you, you would hope that um uh Trish would fulfill that role or Malcolm would fulfill that role and it's just they're uh they're not they're not casting that light. So Trish is a really frustrating character this season. On the one hand, they give her an arc. They give her an arc where and I guess a distinct personality too. But it plays off in a frustrating way. And I don't think that's necessarily a detriment. It just makes it frustrating to consume as a viewer because her character in this season is extremely uh, career-oriented and me-oriented because she doesn't like doing trash talk as like a talking about inconsequential things. She wants to talk about real meaty journalist stuff. And she dates a man who is a very qualified and seemingly national like reporter for a, a major media circuit. Um, she breaks up with him because she realizes she wants to be him. She hates that she can't go to the places. She says that. Uh, real quick, I just want to... I, I, I don't mean to derail your point, but like... Oh, you're fine. I'm interested to get your your thoughts on this. Like, did they resolve what the fuck was up with him? Because he was, like, spying on her. And I feel like, like, did we ever get an answer to what that was about? Because I don't feel like we did. Oh, boy. That's a really good question. You know? Yeah. Like, and I was thinking that previously. And I just, like, I feel like it just never came home to roost. Yeah, uh, I might have glanced over that. Um, fuck. Feel bad for not knowing that just off the top of my head. Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, and I, I watched those episodes yesterday, so like, I don't think I would just be forgetting, right? Like, it's like, I feel like if they did answer it, they glossed over it. Yeah. And yeah. that, that to me, that- uh, it's confusing. And that was like a major aspect of, of the first half of the season. And it feels like it just gets dropped. That's what I mean. It feels like two separate shows, you know? Well, or, or, you know, two separate seasons of the same show. Yeah. Like, you know, like it doesn't feel like there's the connective tissue there. Like the stuff that goes on in the first several episodes doesn't really feel like it's majorly impactful on what's going on later. Like, I, I like much like Luke Cage... I remember when you get to the final confrontation of Luke Cage, I remember being like, how the fuck did we get here? And that's how I felt in this season. Like, I remember there was the, the, um, I think it was in like the 11th or 12th episode. There's that scene where her mother's walking through the cities, uh, this, the streets of New York, you know? 
And um, I was just kind of like, like, what the fuck? You know, like, how did we get to this point in this narrative? You know, and like, and I watched it. I watched it take place over the course of three days. And like, you know, I just feel like, I just feel like uh, you used the word meandering earlier. And I, I really feel like it just kind of like stumbles its way through a bunch of plot points that really just feel very loosely connected. Yeah. I, I think the Griffin Sinclair stuff was left open-ended. I went on the Wikia page just to see if I missed anything, and I, I, I didn't really see anything. It probably is just a loose end for Season 3, unless uh, unless we missed it. And even if we did, it seems so inconsequential that it didn't matter. Um, but what I was saying about Trish is that she is very overly concerned about She's very insecure, I guess. She wants to be Jess. She wants to be Griffin. Um, and that leads to her basically, you know, that leads to her having a very controversial interaction with Carl at the end of the season, where she essentially gets powers, um, presumably, to become Hellcat, like in the comics. Yeah, right. That, that seems to be the implication that we get at the end of of the season is that she's gotten some kind of abilities, but she's not afraid to throw Jess under the bus to get what she needs. Um, she's not afraid to exploit anyone or anything to become or to do whatever ends that she's trying to accomplish. And yeah, well, and I think, I think even more than that, um, seeing how she acts in their, their last interaction before Jess tells her that, you know, she doesn't want to talk to her anymore. After shooting her mom. Right. And, and all she does is, you know, <laughs> well, I, in the hospital even, you know, where, where she projects all of her insecurities on, you know, like, oh, yes. I, if I were you, I would do it better. You know, like you like it's like I've had friends like that, you know, that um, that that have that attitude. Right. That uh, and, and that's um. That's no friend, you know, yeah. like someone who who is is literally just, you know, especially right, like in light of all that Jess has been through. And I don't think this makes Trish a bad character, but it makes her extremely unlikable. And I mean, and that's that's obviously the point, but it makes it yeah. a very infuriating viewing experience when it feels like most of the characters are not likable people, which leads me to the next character, Hogarth. I was uh, Hogarth was another one who was like very frustrating this season. Um, See, I I found her to be sympathetic. Go on, um, because I you know Jerry in the in the first season is like not a good person. You know, like she is she's cold, she's calculating, and um, and I think you know. In the beginning of this season, when she is struggling, you know, with this news and and with her own mortality and she's alone in it, um, it is hard to feel bad for her at first because she's brought it on herself. You know, she's the architect of her own destruction or at least her own um, isolation. And I I think seeing her, you know, go – 
to this place of desperation and and really having to look at herself in the face and not like liking what she sees and like honestly making an effort to uh to change um based on this life-changing experience um i thought was compelling and then seeing her kind of fall back into those old habits felt um you know, it's representative of what my issue is with this season overall, but I thought for her as a character specifically, it actually worked for me pretty well. Um, it felt it felt true to her character. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the expression that you can't change a tiger's stripes kind of applies to her, but that, that, that ultimately becomes my issue with her, is that she is such a control freak in life, that this the diagnosis of any major disease that threatens to cripple or kill you, like ALS, is the worst possible news you can give to someone who, in life, is a control freak. Sure. Um, but so the ends that she goes to accomplish her goals, um, she's an extremely exploitive, per- uh, exploitive person. Um, she'll she's borderline sociopathic and she's extremely frustrating as well um because her partners are trying to squeeze her out which is morally questionable but rather than accepting something that she kind of signed she's like well i'm gonna like blackmail my partners so i can keep doing this and i don't find that very sympathetic i find that to be like a little fucked up because from their position, it's like a little understandable. That's like, well, our, our we don't know how our partner is going to be able to actually perform at their job because she's dying, and yeah. we're offering her a very reasonable like severance to like go enjoy the rest of her life, which obviously she can't because she needs to be extremely active. And I think you and I can both sympathize with that aspect where we both need to be moving, but. Yeah. It's frustrating because I don't find that to be sympathetic. It's it's tough for me, man, because, like, I get that. You know, like, I think, like you said, like, it's a personality trait that I I guess I see myself in that. And especially thinking about her and the position she's in where, you know, her wife was killed. Um, Not that they were necessarily on the best terms anyway, but she has no one. She has no family. She has no no real friends. And she said the only thing that she's going to leave behind is, is her legacy and it's being taken from her. And, um, and I think again, like to talk about her being, um, you know, this self-made woman who's a control freak, who's a workaholic, uh, that's her work is all she has, you know? And it's like, what is she, you know, like she says herself, what she's supposed to do, go, try and live her the rest of her days in a fucking drunken stupor or whatever and try to forget the fact that she's going to die soon and she has no one and nothing, you know? And, and and the only thing that she accomplished, the thing that she dedicated her life to is, you know, being taken away, you know? And, and, and she's trying – and they're trying to, you know, erase her from it. I understand wanting to fight for that even if it – you know, like it's like her partners were – good people or her friends or people who are, you know, the, the, you know, the one guy seems like he's decent and sympathetic, but like, whatever, like he's not exactly, you know, giving her a shot either, you know? Yeah. 
So it's like I get it. Yeah, and there there is something to say about the that, that you should be very afraid of the woman that has nothing left to lose. Like there is like right. a compelling aspect to that. Moving on though, what did you think of um, Malcolm in this season? Malcolm's another character I I thought was super sympathetic. You know, um, I I I feel like he has a a good arc this season actually, and I think in the beginning um, there's a lot of him kind of sitting around not doing anything, you know, and and asking for opportunities, right? And Jessica says like, here's a piece of advice, right? Like, don't wait for permission, just do stuff. And he takes that advice and he goes he goes out of his way to try and. Uh, be the person that he thinks Jessica wants him to be and, and do the things that, that she you would know, do. Um, right, right. And, uh, that, that's worked for him in, in some degrees and not so much in some others. And, uh, and I think seeing him kind of finally assert himself, you know, and, and, and like really basically, say that he's not going to be used anymore um, just because, you know, he's trying to, again, like, help people, right? Or, or do what he thinks is right. But, you know, it's like he's he's also putting himself in a lot of positions where, like, he's making it easy for himself to be taken advantage of, you know? Like, because he is giving in to... Um, his desire for Trish and allowing himself to, you know, be lulled into a place where he's doing things that uh, he shouldn't be doing, you know? And I think, I, I think seeing him finally make that decision that is for himself to walk away from this environment that is, has become toxic is, uh, is personal growth for that character, you know? And like, ultimately like it's, upsetting to see him and jessica at odds but i can't exactly blame him you know yeah i I, it's hard to blame too because he gets dunked on all the time um he 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 gets kind of frustrating for me too uh there's a scene where they first they meet um and yes and he kind of like he threatens her and jerry's like oh i like i like this new malcolm and it's like this very detached Jessica Jones type thing. And I understand it was in the moment of this character's growth, I guess, of what he's trying to be. He's trying to be a genuine uh, PI and everything. Um, but a lot of, a lot of the first six episodes of them, it was just the same kind of meandering that was, I felt with most of the first six or seven episodes. And I, I, I think my frustration with the characters is less so with the characters and maybe it was just how the pacing of the first half of the season actually was. Right, yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's the bigger issue there with, with Malcolm specifically is that he faffs around for the first half of the show and then accomplishes a lot for the character, I think. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I did like Malcolm uh, uh, quite a bit this, this season. I think what you're saying is true, but I think what you're saying is true of the yeah. whole show, not of him, you know? Cause, um, I also really liked, uh, I, like I thought Oscar and, and Vito, uh, specifically were really great characters yes. who added a lot to the season. Um, but again, yeah, I, I thought there was a similar pacing issue there where they're, 
presented as I think being um pretty significant yeah. to Jessica, but they're absent from so much of the the show. Yeah, they're they're almost they're, they're almost like non characters in a way. They're they're more like ideas. They're more ideas of what Jessica Jones could have if she let her walls come down. And that's really that's really yeah. what their role is in a lot of ways. Um, Vito represents the superhero that she can be in like cuz he looks up to her. He sees the superhero yes. that she could be. And and yeah. Oscar represents stability and I, like a, a an anchor for someone that uh, has a lot of vices and and a lot of trauma to work through. Yeah, and I think um you know to uh in a broader sense I think the two of them represent, you know, what she is like clearly missing, which is a family. Yeah, exactly. You know, right? Like whether it's her mother, whether it's Trish, whether it's um the boyfriend that we saw die in the flashback, right? right? right. Like that that's kind of the defining thing for her, right? Is when she lets her walls down and she lets people in, they die. You know, or they get hurt. Which is what she's obviously and, concerned of. Yeah. Right. And um and that's tough. You know, I, I think that's that that that's like her her cross to bear, I guess, yeah. right? Um but I think I so I, I, I think as much as I like those characters, I, I agree with you uh that they are a bit thin and I would have liked more of them. You know, and I and I guess not not both of them. I don't really think Vito's <laughs> too thin. Like he's a kid, sure. right? Like he I think he achieves what he needs to achieve for the character. Um like his dynamic with Jessica is good and uh and it works well. Um I, I think it's more Oscar who I would have liked more of, because I think what we get of him is really good and compelling. And uh and and I think more because, like, he could have been the character that I think we were complaining the show needed. Yeah. yeah. You know, he could have been a, a more comic relief, more emotional support for Jessica, more, you know, um, what I – what, like – what because, like, again, I think Malcolm could have also been that character, but they seemed pretty content on wanting him to have an arc that pushed him away from Jessica probably for the next season if that – comes and i think i guess that's all well and good but not having another character to pick up that slack yeah. uh is bad you know and I, it leads to the show feeling like unnecessarily heavy if if they represented like an optimistic potential relationship in her life what do you think of the relationship with her mother um i I I think I f- would say I found it to be mostly effective. You know, I think um, there was a line that her mother says is kind of like a joke, right? Where she says, well, who doesn't wish that they could change something about their mother? Yeah. And um, I, I, I think I – it's tough because I, I don't – like I like what it had to say overall, but I think how it said it was a little muddy. Yeah. You know, I think um, the idea that our our parents aren't these perfect people, 
right? That they are flawed people that you need to accept for their flaws. Um, that's great. But I think like it does a little bit too much back and forth of like she does things that are bad, but she still loves her anyway because she's her mother. But like then they kind of push her back further. Like she keeps crossing lines, you know, to a point where it's like she needs to be put down. But like Jessica doesn't ever really accept that. And I feel like that like make sense for Jessica as a character, but it's unsatisfying as a narrative, you know, because there's no growth there. Again, she doesn't learn anything or grow or change from her relationship with her mother. She gets this pain drudged up to have this new confusing fleeting relationship with her again for this brief period of time and then she's taken from her again. And she's taken from her by the person who was supposed to be her only family, her closest friend. And so that's ruined now, too. It, it, it feels like she doesn't get the resolution she needs after finding out about the IBH experimentation on her with Carl or her mom being alive and then taken away from her. It, it A lot happens and you're not really given a chance to breathe. Yeah, and I don't feel like it does anything for her character other than hurt her, you know? And again, not to any benefit for her as a character. You know, like, I I don't feel like, like, great, she, maybe she's opened herself up again, right? She went to dinner. That's a step for her. But she's still an alcoholic. She's still alone. She's still... There's more baggage. Pushing, more shit on her. Yeah. Yeah, and she's still pushing people away, you know? And, you know, she didn't apologize to Malcolm. Uh, she didn't... You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't I don't feel like Jessica's much different yeah. at the end of this season. I think she's just experienced more hurt and more loss. It's, it's, it's labored. And, yeah, and it's like, did she even get closure? Like, no, I think it's just it's just salt in old wounds and new wounds. Yeah. How did you feel about, I guess, the most impactful scene of the season, uh, which was Trish shooting Jessica's mom after this really kind of uh, gripping conversation they had? So, I think um, for all this show failed at, I think there are several really compelling moments in the show. I think it does a really good job with some of its reveals. Yes. Um, and I, this to me was one of them. And it wasn't a reveal. It was, it was that just, you're so in that moment, you know, like that conversation that they're having. And like, I think even just the way that it was shot and the way it was directed of her, holding her face in her hands and really that being a moment that you linger on for a second and then it just snaps and every the, everything changes. You know, the tone is, is immediately different again. Um, and that, I think, I, I think is, again, an example of, of what the show has done well. And I think uh, when Jess kills um, the prison guard is a similar moment like that where it's just... 
you know, like immediately it's just like that. I, I feel like they do a good job of making you feel what she feels in that moment where all of a sudden, like things are moving a mile a minute or you're, or she's really invested in this moment and then the world just stops. Yeah. And, uh, and that's good. That's good. That's good emotion. That's, that's good storytelling. Yeah, because, I mean, a big aspect is Jess doesn't want to be her mother. She has, because everything is like, this is in her DNA, this person. And it's something that she's trying yeah. to fight her nature, quote unquote. Um, and Trish takes that decision away from her at the end, where Trish is the one that kills the mom. Because, I mean, in Trish's defense, she thinks that she's going to kill Jess with the way she's holding her head. But it kind of further well and i think didn't she say that she was afraid that the cops were going to shoot yes. her too and that isn't unreasonable no. based on the information she was given you 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 brought up the way that scene was shot what do you think of the overall cinematography of the season uh i don't really feel like i have much to say yeah, about it that's almost a problem because i feel the same way and it is a problem because I think, um, in general, I think these show like the Marvel Netflix shows have generally been shot really well. Um, some better than others. You know, I think Iron Fist was also pretty forgettable in its cinematography, but, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage all, um, made really good use of color. Yes, and the season lacked that color. Whereas the first one I remember distinctly having good use of color. Blue and purple. Jessica's blue, purple man's purple. Yeah. You know, and when she's bathed in purple, that means something. When she's in blue, that means something. You know, like, and uh, I don't I don't feel like that was very much at play here. There was a few times where I remember I did notice it, and I was like, oh, wow, we haven't gotten much of yeah, this. Exactly. And, yes, um, like the painting. Right, right. And that, that, that was um, very representative of Jessica, yes. right? It's in it's in those cool tones. It's in that moody blue, that moody purple, you know? Um and and right, and, and when it was used, it was effective and it was like, hey, it's one of those things that worked about the first season. Where's where's more of that? Yeah. So let's let's wrap this up. Pete, give me your closing sure. impressions on the season the second season of Jessica Jones, uh with full spoilers. So, Jessica Jones season two is a mixed bag, and that's the best thing I can say about it. Um, it, you know, it, it, it does a lot of things wrong, but if you can overlook those things, there, there are good character moments here. There, there is good storytelling here, but it's, it's, it's a slog to get through because it's not paced very well. It's, uh, it's overall very depressing. It, it doesn't have really any kind of air hope uh, of hope or optimism. And where the first season had characters like Luke Cage, um, to kind of cut some of that tension and provide a breath of, of relief. Um, Jessica Jones season two does not have that. Uh, Every one of the main characters is wallowing in a pit of despair yeah. for for much of the season, and um, and it's it's hard. Like if you like these characters, it's hard to watch them go through this. If you don't like these characters, I don't think this season is going to change your mind. Um, so 
you know, in terms of like a numerical value, I would say I'd, I'd probably give it a six out of 10. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's, I, I don't, it feels harsh to say that it's not worth your time, but if you're not compelled to watch it, I can't necessarily argue that you should. Yeah. I, I think if I didn't have to, if I didn't feel obligated to watch it for our show, I probably would have stopped watching after the fifth episode. And in fairness, the show does improve after that. I probably would have unjustly have done that. I mean, I would have because it does improve. Um, but that's that's just the reality of it. Um, I I'm not a person that has a lot of time to watch shows, and if a show doesn't grab me by five episodes, hour long show, it's gonna I'm gonna drop it. It's just how it is. Um, yeah, I I I I don't know that I wouldn't have finished it, but I could definitely see myself getting a few episodes in and then not finishing it for a long time. Yeah. You know, and it being a thing like when Jessica Jones season three three came around or something, me being like, "Oh, I should catch up. I should finish that." You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I completely understand. Uh, it's a tale of two shows in a lot of ways. The first half of the first season, I think, is really bad. Um, I'd probably give it like a three out of ten. Uh, I think the second half really improves. Uh, it, it's it's not significantly better, but it's it's better. Um, and I'd probably give the second half like a six and a half out of ten. And as a collective whole, I'd give the whole thing like a five out of ten. Um, there's mo- it's a show with good moments. I think that's that's true of what you said earlier. When Jessica kills the guard, her interaction with um, the uh, person who was framed for the murder in the uh, psychiatric ward. Uh, sure. The scene with where, where Trish shoots uh Jess's mom there's there's a lot of good little scenes um and i think they're uh, the, the overall mystery is also fairly compelling yeah kind of i, I think it's like i think i think the pacing is again more the yeah, bigger issue yeah i agree I, I think that's really what it comes down to it's a show that had 13 episodes to fill and there's a lot of filler um you know what too i got i got one yeah, last go Axe to grind. Um, just in in the spirit of because uh, we talked about, there's a lot of plot threads that I feel like get set up and then go on unanswered. I feel like a really needless theme um, of the the series is prejudice against superpower yes. people. Yes, yes, I because they talk about it a lot, but it it doesn't ever go anywhere and it's not ever really relevant. It's really weird to me when a white person is accusing a minority of prejudice. She says it to the one black police officer who doesn't like Jessica Jones. And she says it to Oscar. Oh, you just don't like supers. And he's Oscar's Latino. And it's just, it was really uncomfortable to me to try to equate a person who is privileged with powers beyond those of mortal men and women. (laughs) And say that to minorities in this country who don't or who are not prone to or privy to privileges in our society. Really weird. Yeah, especially like when it didn't matter. Yeah, what 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 it mean? Like it, it, was know? A, it was a weird like if anything, it made me not like Jessica Jones the character in those moments because I was like, Oh, you're one of those people. Yeah, I don't know. It yeah, I I, I 
it just it felt a little um tone yeah. deaf. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And uh and I and I think that just reminded me of one last thing of like another character who I enjoyed that I feel like didn't really get his proper due was the detective yes. who uh tried to make a connection with her. It's another person that we could have had Jess make a connection with of being like Hey, like, you know, like, she gives him shit of being like, oh, like, you're the, oh, and you're the one white hat. And he's like, no, but, like, I actually have a connection to you, and I think you're doing good thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's another character that could have been a supporting player for her, that could have been someone that we needed in this show to really fucking bring us a little bit of positivity, a little bit of fucking something. And, and for the most part, he kind of feels uh, useless. I mean, he has moments where he's used but for the most part it feels like he, he doesn't even need to be there he's just up feels like it, he's the one yeah. cop who she that kind of trust her because he remembers the thing from the first season and i don't know what do you how do you compare this to the rest of the netflix line before we wrap it up completely uh yeah i don't uh, bottom three for yeah, sure i think you're right um i don't it's better than Defenders, like, I think. Better than Defenders, pro- and probably better than Iron Fist, but I think it's not by yeah, a lot. I think it's in the same tier as Iron Fist. Yeah, like definitely in that lower echelon. It, it's weird because I'm not a Punisher fan at all, and that show made me. I, I love that season of that show. Same. And I'm not a Punisher guy, and this is a character I want to like, and this season did nothing for me to like her. Or the show, rather. Or, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, with that all said, we can wrap this up now. Jessica Jones Season 2, uh, kind of ambitious, very meandering. Uh, check it out if you want to. Like, if you're really into the Netflix shows, go check it out. Uh, with that said. I'm Phil. This was Mr. Pete and Bessie himself. And uh, we are the com- we're two-fifths of the Comic Spells. Uh, wrapping up here, make sure you follow us on all social media. Uh, like us on YouTube and subscribe to us. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, all that stuff. And uh, Yeah, if, if you enjoyed this review, please go check out the show properly. Yeah, we got a bunch of the other Netflix reviews on there. You can go check them out. And... Uh, you know, we got a book club of uh, All-Star Superman coming out soon. You can check that out. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you like us on social media. I already said all this. Bye.